Greeny with Mike Greenberg, the podcast. Is Pete Alonso absolutely out of his mind? Maybe not so much. And Garrett Cole facing Josh Donaldson last night. It is Greeny on ESPN Radio and ESPN Plus, presented by Progressive Insurance, and all guests appear via the Goodyear Hotline. Chris Carlin in for Greeny today. And right out of the gate, Chris Canty of 98.7 ESPN New York joins us to start the show today. And there is no bigger Yankee fan around than this guy. <laughs> so you had to have your eyes absolutely glued last night on what Garrett Cole was up to after the words from Josh Donaldson the other day. Let's first of all hear from Cole, uh, Cole after the game and his take on what went down and why he didn't. Uh, maybe drill Donaldson in that spot. Maybe if it was a little extra, more satisfying to strike him out. I hesitated yesterday on the specificity of the question because I just don't think this is the forum to discuss, you know, those kinds of those kinds of things. Like I I, I mentioned in you know answer to Lindsay's question that there's appropriate time for players to discuss those things and. I'll keep it to that forum. And that was the long answer from the day before he was referring. Here's on last night. You know, he's a former MVP, big cog in the lineup, two-hole, important spot for us to, you know, really try to attack and, you know, keep neutralized if we want to keep runs off the board. So, you know, just the satisfaction of executing those those pitches in that spot, put our team in a better position to win, was enough. All right, should he have drilled him? <laughs> right? right that was that was the thing that i was waiting on but i think he got the best revenge which is just absolutely dominating josh donaldson an over five night for him but i mean listening to garrett cole talk it's just cringeworthy it's like nails on a chalkboard <laughs> when we start talking about this sticky stuff scandal i just wish that he wouldn't talk at all and just go out there and pitch like we know he's capable of pitching like he showed last night. See, it feels like there's so much more of a gray area to all of this when it comes to this particular topic because it doesn't feel like it's steroids. It doesn't feel like it's the Astros scandal a couple of years ago, although they perfected the sticky stuff uh, it, you know, that people seem to forget about with Charlie Morton a couple of years ago and mm-hmm. with Cole, too. But when you have somebody like Donaldson out and out – call you out as the first guy, and you're a dominant pitcher in the league. I mean, to me, that's, that's grounds for almost getting drilled in a spot like that. But I think Cole did the right thing by not doing it because you make the situation that much worse. Well, here's the thing. Josh Donaldson is not alone in his feelings about it. I mean, I'm sure that there are a lot of position players around Major League Baseball that feel a way about the pitchers being egregious in terms of the stuff that they're putting on the baseball in order to improve their spin rate in the RPM. So, I mean, Josh Donaldson is only, you know, voicing things on a very public platform that are being said behind the scenes the last couple of years in baseball. But I think the start of this has to be what Major League Baseball is doing to the actual baseball, them tweaking it and them changing it from season to season has created a lot of gray areas, and, and I think it's led to the product from an entertainment standpoint being nearly unwatchable. So, I mean, while we're sitting here talking about the hitters not being able to touch these pitchers today because of this sticky stuff, I mean, a, a part of this equation is also what Major League Baseball has done to the actual ball. Chris Canty, former Dallas Cowboy, world champion with the Giants, of course, at 98.7 ESPN Radio in New York City, joining us right now, giving us a straight talk, brought to you by Straight Talk Wireless. No contract, no compromise. So if this is all the case and we're in the middle of this gray area, 
Donaldson is somebody that is speaking out against it being a former MVP. Okay, you want to say that adds to his credibility. But to me, it, it also adds to the fact of what you just said. Baseball is really to blame here because they are trying to find a way to fix the problem that they came across with at the beginning of the year. And so they're just going to blame the pitchers for it. And yeah, that doesn't seem right. Yeah, the pitchers feel like the fall guy in yeah. all of this. But here's the thing that we have to remember with the foreign substances. It's not like it just started this year. Right. It's been happening for a few years. But you remember a couple of seasons ago, Major League Baseball was in a hurry to try to change things because the baseball kept flying out of the ballpark. Like, those hitters could hit those pitchers even with that sticky stuff. So it got to the point where they did something to change the baseball. I don't know whether it's raising the seams on it so pitchers can get a better grip or a less dense baseball. I don't know the exact science of it, but they clearly did something to the baseball. And that coupled with the foreign substances that pitchers are putting on it today, that made it virtually impossible for hitters to hit these pitchers. And so now baseball is in a tough spot. And it feels like they're trying to put the blame on the pitchers for a problem that they actually created. And then there's Pete Alonzo, who yesterday just drops an absolute bomb out of nowhere in reference to this when he was asked if he had a major problem with pitchers being allowed to use sticky stuff. I don't want 99 slipping out of someone's hand because they didn't have enough feel for it. I think that the the biggest concern is that uh, Major League Baseball manipulates the baseballs year in and year out, depending on the free agency class or guys being in an advanced uh, part of their arbitration. So I do think that's a big issue. Um, the ball being different every single year. Oh, OK. So we're trying to save money year in and year out. And it sounds crazy to a degree to just lay that out there. That's not something. Pete Alonso being a big union guy where it just came to his mind at that moment. There's obviously been talk about this behind the scenes with the Players Association. Yeah, I was right with Pete Alonso until he said the motivation for Major League Baseball was to depress the contracts for the impending free agency class. Okay, but let me... That's, that's where he got to chill out. All right, now listen. I agree, but I understand the discussion when you go and look at the free agents this coming year... And it's Trevor Story, and it's Corey Seager, and it's Freddie Freeman, and it's Javi Valles, and Anthony Rizzo, and Chris Bryan, and Michael Conforto. These are some pretty big bats that are looking for some big numbers this coming offseason. No, I understand what you're saying, but I think on the whole, Major League Baseball has a bigger problem than the contracts that they're going to dole out to those guys, which is trying to make sure that they appeal to a younger demographic of fan, because it's got the oldest fan base of any of the major North American team sports. So you just got to figure out a way to make the game more entertaining, find a way to be able to put more balls in play, create more action. And right now, Major League Baseball is struggling to do that. And so I think that's the motivation for the owners with manipulating the baseball, trying to find a way to make the game appeal to a younger fan. Okay. so Which creates more money for everybody involved. Right. Yeah. Absolutely true. And they need to find a way to do that. Yeah. And they're trying everything, but nothing is getting met with any t- sort nothing of Nothing sticking. Nothing sticking. Oh, well put. <laughs> oh, I see what you did there. <laughs> okay, but as an athlete, this is the one I've really struggled with over the last week. And really, every time this comes up. When it comes to cheating, what's acceptable and what's not? What's Where is the line? So... In the NFL, 
you know, we used to hear about the Raiders back in the day with the stick'em on the gloves mm-hmm. and Vaseline on the jerseys. Yeah, it's Spygate with the Patriots. Exactly. No, yeah. that's not acceptable. Yeah. Yeah, the deflate game, you know, all this stuff. Chris, were there things as an athlete, uh, as a football player that were acceptable and were there things that were over the line? Well, I think we've seen guys with PEDs in the NFL, and the NFL has a policy in place where they suspend guys, but it's not nearly as strict as what we've seen in Major League Baseball in the last several years post-steroid era. So, I mean, I think I'm not going to say it's acceptable, but it's one of those things that you don't necessarily look sideways at your teammate if he pops positive and he has to miss four or six games because of it. I think this is one of those situations with Major League Baseball because so many guys were utilizing it, I, I think this is one of those situations where the institution of baseball itself is complicit in creating this problem. Like, you, you're sitting there blaming the players, and we're talking about making an adjustment in the middle of the season in terms of how you're going to legislate the rule that you have on the books with foreign substances. I, I just think it's a little unfair to the pitchers that, that are that – are, actually using this stuff just because you don't give them time to be able to adjust to what you're going to call them out on. What'd you do to keep people from holding? A little Vaseline on the jersey? Anything like that? No, 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 no Vaseline on the jersey, a little stick'em stuff between the jersey and the shoulder pads. Really? Little, yeah, yeah. But that's a that's a wide practice. That's not <laughs> and listen, we've been See, doing, this is what I'm talking we've about. We've been doing though. that for a long time. The NFL doesn't have a rule against that though. I think that's what makes it a little bit different. Awesome stuff, Chris. Thanks, brother. Thanks for having me on, brother. Appreciate it. We're just getting rolling on Greeny on ESPN Radio and ESPN+. Plus. It is presented by Progressive's Home Insurance. Get your quote at Progressive.com today. The Bucks are trying to find their way back into the series with the Nets. Can they do it? And the most dangerous word in all of professional sports was used rather prominently last night. We'll tell you about that next. It's Greeny on ESPN Radio and ESPN+. Plus. Greeny, the podcast. For the ones who get it done, Granger offers high quality supplies and solutions for every industry, as well as access to product specialists who have the knowledge and experience to answer your toughest questions. Plus, their commitment to being your safety partner can help you keep your facility safe and your people safer. Call clickgranger.com or just stop by. This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any eight-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Go to JetsPizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jets' signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jets Pizza. Better because it has to be. Kevin Durant up to 30 points. This series will shift to Wisconsin. Horn sounds the biggest playoff win in Nets franchise history. They dust Milwaukee to go up two games to none. Dusted a generous word from Mark Kestershire right there. It is Greeny on ESPN Radio and ESPN+. Plus. Chris Carlin in for Greeny today. The Bucks go back home and get an opportunity tonight to try to find their way back into this series. Right now, ESPN NBA writer Andre Snellings joins me on the Goodyear Hotline, helping you discover the road ahead. Goodyear 
more driven. And Andre, I think that we probably were in the same boat here. I know that you were high on the bucks coming into this series, and yet it has been ugly these first two games. It's remarkable that this has been the case. What's gone wrong from what you've seen? You know, this is a, a game of matchups and adjustments, right? And so the biggest mismatch in the Bucks' favor in the regular season is that they could dominate the inside. And I didn't see a way that the Nets could counter that. Um, what's happened in this series so far, I think, is that the Bucks have gotten a little bit off balance, and that's been enough because the Nets have just been, been balling out of control. So I think one of the biggest adjustments they need to make, if I were the coach, is one that isn't the biggest names. I think they need to move Bryn Forbes into the starting lineup instead of P.J. Tucker. And that's because all year they were starting Dante DiVincenzo, their shooting guard, mm-hmm. and he got hurt in the first round. And he's a dynamic player. He can shoot from the outside, but he can also create off the dribble. And he creates some spacing. And I think what's happened in these first couple games, at least on offense, is with Tucker in that starting lineup, they're too big. They have Tucker, Giannis, and Brooke Lopez. They don't have enough creators, and it lets – the Nets kind of sag. So I think they need to bring in Bryn Forbes, one of the best three-point shooters in the league, and also a guard who can handle the ball, and let him create some space so that Giannis, Chris Middleton, and Drew Holiday can do what they have to do. ESPN senior NBA writer Andre Snellings joining us on the Goodyear Hotline, bringing us a straight talk brought to you by Straight Talk Wireless. Andre Middleton's the guy that I've been absolutely thrown off by. We see him hit a game winner in the first series, the Bucks absolutely roll against the Heat, and yet in this series, he has been somewhat MIA. What's your take on Middleton and a pseudo-disappearance to a degree in games one and two? Yeah, Middleton has to be better or this series in essentially tonight. You know, it's the best of mm. seven, but uh, it's Nets in three if, if the Chris Middleton has been shooting like mm. six for 21, I think is his average through the first two games. If that guy shows up, then then the Nets are are – are going back home and not having to play again until till the next round. Um, Middleton, you know, people talk about Giannis and his supporting cast and how the Nets have all of these superstars. Middleton has maybe only been an all-star a couple of times, but that's the level he is now. That's never the level they need him to be. If he can be a 20-plus point-per-game scorer, a 50-40-90 guy, then, again, that opens things up for Giannis to be able to do what he does and then with Drew Holiday, if he's also playing the level, the three of them together make, make a formidable core. You know, that, that they're a team that's got to be stronger than the sum of their parts. You can't just throw them out there and, and say, you know, play one-on-one against some of the best one-on-one players in the world. So, so, yes, Chris Middleton has to produce in order for the team to have a hierarchy that even works against the net. How important is it tonight for the Bucks to get off to a good start just based on their psyche from the first two games? Yeah, I think it's important for them because in those first couple of games, one thing that I wasn't expecting, they showed a lot of nerves, you know, and maybe it's the pressure. They, they know that they've been expected to win a championship for a few years now and they haven't gotten there. But um, last series against Miami in game one, it, they, they looked really nervy and they weren't making any shots and they were still able to hustle out a win. And it seemed like after that, they settled down and in games two through four, they just blew them off the court. Well, I felt like game one against the Nets was similar. They looked like the better team in the first half, but they were moving too fast. They were tipping shots when they should have been getting rebounds. They were missing easy looks. They were turning the ball over because they were hesitant. 
And then in game two, it was even worse. So I think they need a good start in game three just to get settled down and play to the level they can play. If they play to their level and they get beat, well, then, you know, you just clap hands. But if they play like they've been playing, then, you know, that just has to be embarrassing to them. ESPN senior NBA writer Andre Snellings joining us on the Goodyear Hotline here on Greeny. Chris Carlin in for Greeny today on ESPN Radio and ESPN+. Plus. Andre, other matchup tonight, Game 2, Clippers and the Jazz. Jazz took care of the Clippers in Game 1. A lot of people very high on the Clippers after their seven-game win in the series against the Mavericks. Your take on on the Clippers here moving forward and, and Kawhi in this series against the Jazz and also, are the Jazz just a team that probably feels like they're getting a little overlooked right now? Yeah, you know, the Jazz have been juggernauts all season. Um, you know, ESPN has a, a, a BPI, is, is, is their team evaluation system. And the Jazz have been number one, um, alternating with the Nets, but number one on their own for probably months now. But no one really thinks about them in that way because they've never been to the mountaintop before. But they're a really strong team. Now, Mike Conley's injury is a question mark, and that may have been the Clippers' best chance to steal a game, game one, because Conley wasn't playing. I think he's questionable for tonight. Um, with Conley, with, you know, the, the defensive player of the year, with, you know, Donovan Mitchell, the, the Jazz have a really balanced team. And the Clippers, yeah, they're going to need everything out of Kawhi Leonard and even more out of Paul George, you know, uh, the other night he, he missed free throws while the, the, the crowd, I thought they were chanting playoffs P. I was told <laughs> later they were chanting push off P because of something <laughs> that happened with him in the past. But either way, they, they need Paul George to play like Paul George. They, they can't have him out there, whatever he was, four for 18 or whatever the other night, and have a chance against a team as strong as the Jazz. Last night. Tough words from Mike Malone. Let's take a listen to what the Nuggets head coach said after his team lost game two, fell down two games to none to the Phoenix Suns. I felt we quit tonight, uh, which is something you never want to see. Um, so I, I guess for game three, I'm just going to try to find guys that will at least go out there and leave it all on the line. I may have a hard time coming up with five guys that fill that, but um, these two games, these second halves uh, have really been disappointing, and that's an understatement. I tell you what, Andre, you hear the word quit. That's the toughest word in all of sports to me for an athlete to hear. Mike Malone seems like he better know his team if he's going to go that far going into a game three. Yeah, I mean, clearly this is a tactic that he uses. Um, It's a tactic that has the danger of being overused, right? Because in the first round against the Trailblazers, after Portland really, you know, stomped them out in, was a game four? Um, he, he played that same card, and the Nuggets came out in game five with a vengeance, and they, and they were able to, to hold off uh, Damian Lillard uh, channeling his inner uh, like Mike and, and, and still win that game and then finish it off in six. So he, he tried it a little bit after game one against the Suns, and it didn't work, so it's like he doubled down uh, coming back to Denver. I think ultimately, again, it's a game of matchups and adjustments. And so, you know, the the Suns, I wrote an article for them, wow, two months ago now, back in April, yep. um, on the Undefeated, saying don't sleep on the Suns because they are a really strong team, top to bottom. My biggest question mark coming into this series was Chris Paul's shoulder, and he's playing at a really high level. So that puts a lot of pressure on Denver. Jokic is the MVP for good reason. But the rest of their team against Portland, they, they were able to get off because Jokic was able to create the mismatch. 
He hasn't been able to do that against the Suns, and we're seeing the rest of the team not be able to produce. So, yes, they need to get hyped up. They also need to get their, their inexperienced guys going early in game three if they hope to, to be able to make this a series. I wanted to ask you about that article in a second, but first up, just back to the initial thought here. Jokic said, I didn't quit last night. And then he also, uh, Mike Malone, singled out Will Barton as a guy. Hasn't played in seven weeks. The only weeks, the only guy who showed up, Barton says after the game, I'm really compromised out there right now. It feels like he, while this card may have been successful for him before, the danger that's in there, it sound, it feels like that may be starting to come around. And if game three gets ugly, it could get uglier for Mike Malone. Is that an unfair statement at this point? No, it's not. That's the risk. You know, that, that's the risk when you start challenging your teams, for want of a better way to put it, for challenging their manhood, for saying, are you going to man up and play and making it seem as though that's in question. Now, that can light a fire, and if things go well, that fire can turn into a flame, and you can, you know, do some good things. But if, if things continue to go bad, and now there's also some, some bad feeling uh, uh, out on the court, then that can also spiral. You know, either way, you can end up with a feedback loop. ESPN senior NBA writer Andre Snelling's joining us on the Goodyear Hotline. Okay, so if you're in this position now with the Suns, you wrote about them analytically being a really, really strong team. And, you know, people don't necessarily always think that analytically they're, that's terribly cool. But what jumps out at them to you about the numbers that really shows how strong they are versus what the perception's been? The, the Suns have excellent balance. So you talk about the numbers. They're one of the teams like the Jazz that's among the league leaders in both offensive and defensive um, efficiency. So that means that they're able to produce efficiently and they're able to prevent their opponents from producing efficiently. So that's a strong combo. Um, what, what, the way that plays out practically on the court is that with Chris Paul running the show and Devin Booker as one of the best young score dynamic offensive players in the league, they're able to put an offense out there that's very difficult to stop because Booker can create on his own, whereas Paul is able to set up everyone else. And then they've got these glue guys, three and three and D guys like, you know, uh, Crowder and, and Bridges that are able to play off of, of Chris Paul. And then you've got DeAndre Ayton, who people forget was the number one overall pick the year that Luca and Trey Young came out. So he's an excellent prospect. He's averaged a double-double for his career. And, again, playing off Paul on offense, he seems like he's ready to take that next step to become kind of like a regular 2010 guy. So you put that group together, they don't really have much in the way of weaknesses. Again, if Paul is healthy. Last round, his shoulder was acting up, and you saw them have some chinks in the armor. But if Paul is able to, I mean, what's he averaging, like 20 and 13 or something in this series? Mm -hmm. If he's that Chris Paul, then they are going to be really hard to put out. Andre, awesome insight. Appreciate the time this morning. Thanks for having me, man. I appreciate it. Absolutely. Andre Snellings, ESPN senior NBA writer, joining us via the Goodyear hotline and brought us to Straight Talk, brought to you by Straight Talk Wireless. No contract, no compromise. And it is time for some Straight Talk because, yeah, saving money feels good. But cutting your wireless bill in half, that feels really good. Like walk-off home run in the ninth inning, good. 
All right, maybe not that good, but pretty darn good. With Straight Talk, you can get 25 gigs of high-speed data for 45 bucks a month, up to 50% less than the other guys, plus no contract, all on America's best networks. Why pay a whole lot when you can pay half? Straight Talk Wireless, no contract, no compromise. It's Chris Carlin in for Greeny on ESPN Radio and ESPN Plus, presented by Progressive Insurance and his we said all guests appear via the Goodyear hotline. And for Mike Malone, you can't continue to go back to this well. The word quit, when you are using that around professional athletes, that's an awfully tough word. That is the worst word, the strongest word in all of professional sports for a coach to utter about his team. And you don't hear it very often these days. Now, you give the benefit to a degree of Mike Malone knowing his team, but as Andre was talking about, how often can you continue to go back to that card? Here's more of Malone last night after the game about his team's performance. Uh, I saw one team that uh, wanted to be here and play with a purpose and urgency, uh, and one team that did not want to be here Uh, and play with no urgency, Uh, and that's why we got our ass kicked. Yeah, and that's that's brutal, absolutely brutal to be as blunt as that publicly these days. And look, we all understand that it is a different time, right? It is a time when there is more sensitivity toward the egos of players, toward not wanting to call them out publicly— And I think fans get frustrated by that. They like coaches who are fiery, who are not afraid to come out and speak more about it. But this is different. This is much, much different. You have to really mind your P's and Q's here when you're Mike Malone and you're going to come out and say that again. You know, when you have used it in other times this season. Like, you can... Expect to be able to motivate players in the way that you know that they respond. But your superstar last night in Nikola Jokic came out and said, I didn't quit. Do you really want to drive a wedge between yourself and the MVP of the NBA this year? Because think about this for a second. Let's paint a picture in game three. The Suns are playing at an exceptionally high level right now. Chris Paul is off the charts in setting up his teammates. Devin Booker's playing fantastic. And as Andre was just detailing, DeAndre Ayton has looked like he was the number one overall pick for a reason. So it's not out of the realm of possibility that the Phoenix Suns come into Denver, even though it's a difficult place to play, and play exceptionally well early in a game. What happens at that point? What happens? If you're the Denver Nuggets, I would contend that when you're Mike Malone and you start throwing around that word, it starts to gain more meaning. You might be using it as a motivational tactic, but when you've lost the first two games, and if you get off to a bad start at home, are guys looking at around each at each other thinking, did we quit? Are we quitting? What's going on here? 
And then when they realize, or at least are telling themselves, like Jokic did last night, that they didn't quit, well, then who are they going to start getting angry at? It's the head coach. To me, Malone has put himself in an incredibly tenuous situation. And I'm not just talking about this series. I'm talking about long-term with the franchise. If you're going to alienate players by questioning their work ethic in a playoff series, can you get that room back? A lot of times you can't. This is why you don't hear that word used so much. This is why you see teams be extra sensitive when it comes to their players with the front office public comments and with the coaches' public comments. You talk about wanting to have a a player's coach these days and how important it is to build that relationship with players and have their trust that you're going to have their backs. We see it in Major League Baseball. We see it in the NBA now more so than ever. The job of a head coach becomes a lot more about publicly protecting the players than it does about motivating them because professional athletes don't want to know about motivation. They don't want to know about rah-rah stuff, as they'll tell you. It's their job. They're professionals. They're supposed to show up. They don't need somebody who is behind them trying to drive them into the ground with tough words. That's not what they're looking for. They're looking for somebody who's going to be supportive. And so when you're Mike Malone, can you continue to publicly question the work ethic of your team, of your players, and expect to be able to keep their respect, to keep the locker room, to have them believe that you truly do have their backs? Mike Malone, if this turns sideways here, could very easily be talking himself out of a job. If the Nuggets get swept, look out. Because when it boils down to Jokic and the head coach, who do you think is going to win that battle? The MVP of the league? Or the head coach who can be easily replaced? Dangerous, dangerous game that Mike Malone is playing right now. Whether your best means being the best bingo player in the office, or the best volleyball player on the planet, you're going to need some help. Almonds are your snack to keep your head in the game and your body energized. So, refuel with almonds. California almonds own your every day, every day. Up next, just absurd, absurd observations coming from Green Bay And the Packers organization absolutely loves it. What are we talking about? We'll tell you next. It's Greeny on ESPN Radio and ESPN+. Greeny, the podcast. We all know breakfast is an important part of your day. But sometimes when you're traveling for business, you end up staying at a hotel that doesn't offer any. You know what happens? You grab a cup of coffee and skip the meal entirely. We've all been there. But if you book a room at La Quinta by Wyndham, you can enjoy their free bright side breakfast featuring delicious baked goods, fruit, eggs, yogurt, and waffles. And really, who doesn't want to start their day with a fresh, hot waffle? Tonight, La Quinta, tomorrow you shine. Book direct at LQ.com.
Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. This is a time where I'm getting a lot of extremely valuable reps. They never planned for him to be the starter in 2021. I was drafted here to play quarterback. I'll definitely be ready week one. A day like today might make the Packers think that they do have an opening day starter. They are absolutely losing their minds in Green Bay. More on that in 30 seconds. Chris Carlin in for Greeny today on ESPN Radio and ESPN Plus. And for all the ones who get it done, Granger is always there to help. Granger offers supplies and solutions for every industry, 24-7 support, free access to product specialists and experienced staff at over 250 local branches. Plus, their commitment to being your safety partner can help you keep your facilities safe and your people safer. Call 1-800-GRANGER. Click Granger.com or just come by. I'm sorry. I'm listening to the last two days of Jordan Love critiques coming out of Green Bay, and I just can't take it. We went from Tuesday of people charting what his stats were on completions, talking about him overshooting Receivers left and right. Well, he only went 12 for 23 in OTAs, in sweats. That's what he's doing right now. And then the next day, it was, first he can't play, and now they may have their opening day starter based on what we've seen. Oh, my dear God. Will you please, please slow the roll here a little bit? It is insane to suggest that the Packers are going to know that they have their guy coming out of OTAs. Here is Jordan Love on that situation yesterday, going back and forth on the opportunities he's getting right now. Obviously, this is a time where I'm getting a lot of extremely valuable reps that you know I might not have been getting in a normal circumstance so uh you know I'm just I'm going to take it day by day and uh but yeah that's I mean that's what I'm here for I'm a, I was drafted here to play quarterback so uh I'll definitely be ready week one what's it like to be Jordan Love and also when's the last time you had a conversation or any sort of communication with Aaron Rodgers I've just been living my life man obviously me and Aaron we got a good relationship talked to him probably a week before I got out here yeah honestly if you're Jordan Love, what do, you, what do you expect Jordan Love to say? I'm not going to be ready. Nah, <laughs> i got to tell you, we have to get Aaron back here as soon as is humanly possible because I stink. That's to what you think he's going to say in this instance? Come on. So we're going to go from one extreme to the other. From Jordan Love being absolutely atrocious, the next Jamarcus Russell, the next Christian Hackenberg on Tuesday, to yesterday being ready to start for the Green Bay Packers in place of Aaron Rodgers. And really coming to the conclusion that maybe 
just maybe we could play and still win games with him. 888-SAY-ESPN, 888-729-3776. Your take on this, because it's absurd. It's absurd to take it from one extreme to the other. You can look awful one day. Any quarterback can look awful one day and look great the next day. Jordan Love is somebody who was drafted in the first round last year and in a middle in a COVID season did not get many reps and now finally is getting OTAs and a full offseason to work with. And he's still behind Aaron Rodgers. Now, James Jones, who has seemingly spoken on Rodgers' behalf a couple of times now on the Herd with Colin Coward yesterday on Fox, says that Aaron Rodgers doesn't have a personal issue with the GM. It's not about him, but I can't tell you what the personal beef is about. It's a private conversation. Can you be any more apparent about what you're doing here? You're speaking for Aaron Rodgers when you're doing that. And so Rodgers, at this point, is sitting back and waiting. And Jones said he expects Rodgers to be there in training camp, which says to me that Aaron Rodgers is not going to sit this out if he doesn't get what he wants. At least that's what he's telling people. I don't know that I believe that that's the case. Maybe he's just trying to continue to curry favor publicly because Brian Gutekunst and the Packers have done everything they can to curry favor with the fans themselves. Last week, you're somehow dividing the fan base. That's what Aaron Rodgers is doing. What? Are you high? Of course that's not what's going on. The fan base wants to see Aaron Rodgers back. The Packers are more concerned about the public perception right now of the organization. What they should be more concerned about is how to repair the relationship with Rodgers. And they may have tried a few times. They may have gone to him and continued to try to talk to him, and he's only going to say so much. We've seen Rodgers dig in on personal relationships before. This is not somebody that throws out idle threats and expects for throws out idle, idle threats and you expect to then turn around because he hasn't done that. I mean, even relationships in his personal life, he hasn't done that. This man can hold a grudge. That's very clear. You talk about being all pro as a player, he is all pro at grudge holding. And that, to me, is where the Packers have completely miscalculated this situation. You can continue to try to figure out a way to fix it, and that's what you need to do. If he doesn't show up the first day of training camp, you're going to have to deal with an inevitable truth, that Aaron Rodgers isn't going to play for you again. And waiting that long is very, very dangerous for your organization. Right now, if you're trying to sell the narrative that Jordan Love looks like he's ready to go opening day, and he's your guy, you're not paying enough respect to what Aaron Rodgers is as a player. This is somebody that just won the MVP for Pete's sake. Boy, the Packers are going about this all wrong. More on Rodgers next. Greeny, the podcast.